0: Welcome to another episode of Them Burgers. Hello. It is new episode time again. Uh so this week we are going to be answering questions or a question. Yeah. or something written by other people. Um but first, what's uh what's new? Not much. Nothing new. Nothing. You new. got nothing. Nothing to say, nothing's happened to you in the last seven days that is worthy of a conversation.
1: Uh, let me just think. Okay. Uh, no, I don't think so. I had to... Someone at work pointed out that I don't really like attention, and I was like, yes, that's correct. So I guess that was, uh, it was nice that it was noticed and then... People were trying deliberately not to give me too much attention that I appreciated
0: and um, how I mean I suppose in the past before any sort of diagnosis and people pointed out stuff like that, yeah, do you feel the same way now when people point that stuff out as you did um, back in the day
1: I think i'm more probably more accept. of it I feel more comfortable in myself so I also had um, yesterday for us so on Friday I had someone had found out that it was my birthday and this person was like well you have to come for a drink tonight because everyone goes to the pub for a drink on a Friday night after work which I get that that's a thing that people do but I don't finish work till half ten every night so I don't know why anyone would then, at half ten in the evening, want to then go to the pub. Like, they don't get home till, like, 2am, which, I don't know, I feel like is a bit much. I mean, I wouldn't want to go anyway if I finished at half five, but I just feel like at half ten I definitely don't want to go. But yeah, they they found out it was my birthday and they were like, well, you have to go to the pub tonight. And I was like, no, I don't, and I won't be. um, Which I think is definitely a development, because I think probably prior to diagnosis, when people used to say stuff like that, I'd go, oh, maybe, and then I'd just try and like hide at the end of the night and get out of it. But I, I wouldn't just say no, whereas I felt very comfortable saying no. But then I got really irritated because that no didn't seem to be enough, and I then got asked again, so are you coming to the pub tonight? Definitely see you at the pub. And I was like, no, I'm not coming to the pub. And the worst thing about this was this person I've spoken to maybe like twice at work before it's not like they're a work friend of mine i hardly ever see them i only really vaguely knew who they were i've never really had a proper conversation with them so for them to just uh, say this felt like kind of boundary pushing for me i didn't like it It made me feel because i don't i don't want someone to feel like do you know, do you know what I mean it felt it was very uninvited like I've never done anything to suggest like that we're friends. and it's not that I don't like meeting people but don't on one of the first times you're talking to me tell me what I'm going to be doing with my evening when I've told you that that's I don't I that's not where I'm going to be going and then yeah a third time uh he came over uh and did the whole so you come to the pub tonight and I was like I'm not coming to the pub tonight and that I didn't find it some sort of fun game or whatever. I was not saying it in a happy way. At this point, I was genuinely really irritated and was starting to feel quite sort of uncomfortable by the level of being pushed. I don't feel like anyone should be pushed that much, even if it was meant to be in jest. I don't know, it really irritated me. And then basically on the fourth time, the fourth time, I was just really annoyed and he did it again uh, you're definitely coming to the pub tonight. I'm going to make you come. And I was like, no, you're not. I was like, I don't want to, I don't like hanging out in the pub. I don't want to make friends. I don't, I'm not a sociable person. And then I just left it at that. But it really irritated me because I feel like if someone fair enough, someone might need a little bit of coaxing. But if you've asked them once and they've said quite emphatically, no, I don't want to go, I just felt like it was really rude to then keep pushing me to a point where I was sat at my desk getting really wound up because I was like, what does he mean? He's going to make me like in what way? And obviously, I know that he didn't. It wasn't like it wasn't threatening. You know, I knew he wasn't going to force me like against my will but it did for some reason start to rile me up because I was thinking how like how are you going to make me what I don't understand I didn't I didn't like it at all I got really angry I was really annoyed by it and I also just feel like if someone says they don't want to do something why would you then try and force them like at that point you're not doing it because you want me to celebrate my birthday if I've told you that that's not something that I want to do it just uh Yeah, it was really odd and I couldn't work it out. I don't really understand why people do things like that, especially with someone like me who you don't know. Like it was, I I guess I'd understand it a bit more if it was someone that I'd consider like a friend of mine, even one of my other colleagues that I've talked to a bit more that I sit next to or something that's on my team. But this person is, is not on my team and barely knows me. I don't know. Uh, I'm probably being a little bit dramatic here, but I'm more just venting because I found the situation. Yeah, I know. I know it's not the sort of thing to be genuinely annoyed at and I'm not. But at the time I was. I've I've gone off on a proper rant. I'm sorry. I've started this episode with a horrible rant. Um.
0: Well, I think the difference is, is obviously um, these people that, well, this guy, and people in general that do this kind of thing with you. Not everybody that you work with knows you're autistic. No, and you he doesn't. So, And, like, I think normally how it works is when people have a birthday, um, they want, you know, they, they want it to celebrate it. You know, it's, it's a happy thing. And, like, a lot of people do go out for drinks and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, like, especially because you work in, like, an office and in the office environment. You know, like, a lot of people I know that work in offices... Uh, you know, they bring cake in on the day of their birthday and, you know what I mean, like things like that. Yeah. And I think like going for a drink after work to celebrate your birthday is just a normal thing that people in the NT will do. Yeah. Uh, So I don't think it's anything weird about that. Uh, And I think because he doesn't know you're on the spectrum, uh, I think he just thought, come on, like, it's your birthday, let's go. And you said no. And I think like, because it's not like it's, pushy in a way but i think for like a lot of nt people it's just what people do they go like come on and you're like no no i'm not gonna come on you know you want to and you just go around that like whole song and dance for a bit till eventually you go all right okay but just one and then you know one turns into more than just one and that's just the way they do it but yeah as as someone on the spectrum you do feel like once you've said to them no that's it like case, case closed like let's not continue this conversation so to keep asking it then does look like when you've said no I've, I've said no uh, then they keep saying it it just seems kind of pushy and it does seem like they really really are forcing it to happen because they want to go for a drink and you don't and it's your birthday but they do so they're trying to use it as a and it's confusing and you can't really explain that to somebody either way like it's kind of it's one of those weird like autistic NT like cross wires or miscommunication where when you say or do something and you're autistic it's you know interpreted as something and then if you interpret the same thing but you're nt it's different you know yeah like if you were both nt it's just uh you don't want to because it's late and you might just want to go home and he's like come on let's celebrate your birthday it'll be nice to have a drink and like well done you know on a living another year yeah (laughs) and um you know go from there whereas yeah if you're autistic it just looks like someone's badgering you and you know really like pushing and it, it can become really irritating and you get agitated to the point where you end up having a go at them. Uh, and they think they were just trying to do a nice thing by arranging an after work birthday drink. And you've like bit their head off over it. And they're just like, well, okay, I don't get where that's come from. Yeah. And, and it is just there's loads of things. There's loads. Of, I mean, that's that's why autistic people in general stand out. It's it's what makes us different in the world in general is because situations like this we do not go along with what the norm is yeah uh, and for him he's used to the norm you know i'll get you to come out you'll agree eventually if i just keep like pushing but yeah for us it seems like you're being ground down to agree to something you don't want to do and you just think well why can't you just think, respect my decision to not come to this and that's just that's just how like whatever but i can see why it's annoying but obviously he he doesn't know and uh you don't get why he's like that, I suppose. Yeah,
1: and I did I did understand that he wasn't doing it in a aggressive way or like I knew that he was doing it with good intentions. Um and I didn't I didn't bite his head off. Like on the last time I was just quite blunt. I wouldn't say that I was like openly aggressive, I'd say I was just very blunt with I don't want to, I won't be going stop asking me. Like, I think that's how I was with it. I wasn't like, I didn't shout at him or anything like that. I was just very like, cause I, again, like I don't really get angry. So I wouldn't say I was angry. I just felt very like tired of it. I was like, are we going, what, we're going to go through this again. We've had this, this is the fourth time we're having the exact same conversation. It felt like, and that in itself was kind of irritating as well, because like, you know, I like, uh, I do like joking. I'm quite a sarcastic person. I enjoy jokes. But I don't want to have the same joke, like, three, four times over. That, to me, is, is like, it's not funny anymore. So, yeah, I get, like, I get it. And I I wasn't, like, I I understood where he was coming from. I didn't feel, like, threatened or anything like that. When I say I was, like, how are you going to make me? It was just, like, this thought in my head. It wasn't, I didn't think he was actually going to, like, I don't know, force me out. But, yeah, just, um confused me it just confused me i just thought why like why why would you want to do that <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah um and this is what i guess this kind of ties into uh today's episode uh because today we're talking about um i suppose like cohabitation between someone on the spectrum and someone that's not so an ant yeah. and an as Living together, working together—you uh, know that kind of thing in general—and like how it works. Um, mm. Mainly, living together is, I guess, the will probably be the majority of this because we have both done that, so yes. we've both lived with someone that's NT. Yes, uh, I've lived in house shares with loads of people that are NT, uh, and that kind of thing. And it it is it is difficult to live with someone that's not on the spectrum as well.
1: Yeah. And I'd say probably vice versa as well. I reckon it's Yeah, I as an NT person, I imagine sometimes living with someone on the spectrum could be
0: tricky. But like I think the main reason for this or the main issue is is the routine, is the structure that's needed for AS people to I suppose relax or like when they're at home, it's the it's the downtime is one of the issues, I think. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, you've lived with an NT guy and it's different, I suppose, in a sense, because the flat that <laughs> I lived in before I lived in the flat I live in now was quite big. Uh, so it, it had like, it actually had two bedrooms, a front room, a garden. Uh, and really
1: long. So it's like if you're in the kitchen, you're quite far, like you're, you're quite far away from the living room. Yeah. It's, it was a long flat.
0: Yeah. So I guess that's different in the sense of like, I had my own routines. I had the way I did things. Um, I needed to, I mean, I have my own routines now and they're very similar to then like of when I like what time of day I take a shower. So I always used to shower when I got back from work or whatever I'd done that day, except for days when I was off. So if I was off, uh, it depends on if I was going to like exercise or not. So bike ride, go for a run, that kind of thing. So I had like set ways of doing stuff. Um, so it, it's hard to pinpoint it, but when the point where we were both in the same place at the same time, so me and like my uh, ex who's a NT, I guess there were issues where say I'd had like, so prime example of this is um, days off. So days off where I was off and she wasn't off. She worked shift work as did I. So there was a lot of time where, one of us was at work and the other one wasn't. Yeah. Uh, and it was very rare that we were either both off at the same time or both um, at work at the same time.
1: Okay. You
0: know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it kind of worked that way. So a lot of the time I was off in the day, like my ex was a paramedic. So she would sometimes work through the night. So sometimes she would go to work at like seven at night and not come back till like eight, nine in the morning. Yeah. Um, But in the times where she was working all day and I was off, like she'd get up at like, say, six in the morning to go do like a six in the morning till six at night shift. And just I'd stay asleep. I'd get up and just do my day as normal, not talk to anyone, not do anything all day, you know, just move around the flat, do my things, you know, plan my day out of like, I'm going to have breakfast and then I'm going to wash up and then I'm going to go to the shop and then I'm going to, you know, come back, do a run or, you know bike ride or whatever, then I'm going to have a shower, then I'm going to watch a movie, then I'm going to play computer games, and then that'll be about the right time that she came back. But because I hadn't spoke to anybody all day, and because I hadn't had to mask all day, and, uh, you know, do my whole appearing NT thing, she'd come home from work at like six, you mean? Know, and like, she's had a hard day, she's been working, she's been doing stuff, and she just wants to chat about her day. Because a lot of NT people, when they come home from work, want to talk about their day, you know, they do that thing where they say, how was your day? what did you get up to, you know, all this and that kind of thing. Whereas I'd spent the whole day like in solitude, not talking to anyone. So when she came back, I couldn't just turn on the let's talk the second she came through the door. So I used to be quite silent when she first came in and I'd still be playing my game or watching something. And I used to have to, I used to get annoyed because she's asking me questions like, what have you done with your day? And I'd just be like, oh, you know, not much. Uh, And then it would be like quite basic interactions. I'd give like one to two word answers to everything. Uh, And then I'd ask about her day, but really because it was, she'd asked me about mine. So I thought I better ask about hers. And sometimes I wouldn't listen. Uh, I mean, you've done that with me as well. you (laughs) You know, when I've sometimes I say to you, how was your day? And you tell me and then after like, Twenty minutes, half an hour later, I then ask you a same question again. Oh, yeah. did that get sorted? And you're just like, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, I definitely want to told you this. But like, I guess the difference was this executive functioning thing with me wasn't something that I was aware of uh, back then, so it didn't happen. Whereas now, when I, if I do it with you, you just sort of. Uh, just sort of go, yeah. I, I, totally have already said that, but he just <laughs> didn't.
1: Yeah, I don't usually tell you. I yeah, don't think. I don't, and like I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. I'll just have the same conversation again. It doesn't matter.
0: So we'd have conversations where she'd be talking and telling me about her day, and I wasn't really listening. And then sometimes I didn't want to talk. Still, sometimes I got so used to not talking to people all day that I just didn't want to chat. So, but she was trying to like get conversation out of me, you know? Yeah. Like saying, come on, let's talk about this and let's, how's that doing? And I used to get more and more like agitated because, do you know what I mean? Like I hadn't interacted with anyone all day and it was a problem. Um, And sometimes it would make us fall out. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes I knew that she was on her way back and I knew that she wanted to have a conversation and she liked to chat and do stuff. So I was trying to tell myself in my head... (laughs) <laughs> like, just, just, um, just try. Yeah. Like, get yourself, like, get yourself off the computer. So sometimes i turn the computer off, do you know what I mean, and stop watching the thing I was watching early and try and get myself into, like, the frame of mind of today we're going to have a conversation. Today we're going to have a conversation. She'd come in and we just fall out anyway because I still couldn't do it.
1: Yeah, well, I think then you're probably building yourself up for almost, like, a resentment, not a lifelong resentment, but a resentment in the moment. Of, yeah. At that point, you've turned off your game and you're thinking like, I've turned off my game for this. I'm going to try. And that probably, then as soon as she starts, you feel like by that point, you've already sort of done the work. And it probably, I can I can see why it would end in an argument because you've, you've almost wound yourself up. Yeah. Whereas days
0: it. where I'd been at work. Yeah. And come home, it was fine because... I, um, I'd been talking to people all day anyway. Yeah. I'd had to appear NT all day because I'd been at work, you know, I was in the public. I had to pretend to be normal. So coming home wasn't a problem. But then you've got the other end of that is I've been masking all day. I've been NT all day. Yeah. I come home from work and I've got to continue being NT. So then it's like, where's the downtime? Where's the period where... I do stuff. And when you live with someone, it is hard to, um, you know, like say you just really want to play a computer game or you really want to, I mean, in your case, read a book. But the person you're living with wants to talk, wants to watch something together, yeah. wants to maybe go for a drink or wants to do stuff because they haven't seen you all day. Uh, and you've, because in my case, I'd come home being responsive. Say the day before was a day off and I'd been horrible and not talking and not communicative at all. And then the next day, i'm at work i come home i chat yeah do you know what I mean like then the nt person you're living with is just like oh they're a lot more responsive and chatty today so while i've got them like this let's have a continue having a conversation and being social and you find that you've been social all day at work you come home from work and then you're social all night before you go to then you go to bed and then there's that thing where you can't sleep when you've gone to bed because you haven't calmed down you haven't had a period Uh, of not talking to someone yeah um so you've not had any quiet time to like process the day so then your other half has fallen asleep and you're just laying there in bed like wide awake trying to (laughs) then have your downtime at like midnight when you've got to be up at like six the next morning um but the point I was making earlier was that back when I lived in that flat at least there were other rooms (laughs) at least like if we fell out, I could go into the bedroom or she would go into the bedroom and we had like, the flat we lived in was quite big in the sense of we had a telly in the front room and a telly in a bedroom. So if we wanted to do separate things, even though my ex at the time didn't really like to do separate things because she hadn't seen me all day or whatever. Yeah. And like some days, like say if she was working all night and I was working all day, we'd only like briefly say hello and that kind of thing. Um. So she wanted to do that. So it would be very rare that we would do things in separate rooms. um. But... At least there was that option. Um, In your case, the flat you had (laughs) when you last lived with an NT person, I went there and it, it was just one big room. It was one of those flats that's the living room, the bedroom and the kitchen are all the same room. And then there was like a tiny hallway to the front door and then a bathroom that came off that. So if you two, I mean, I don't know how it worked, but like I think you said so like if you want to have your own time and not be on the spectrum, well, be on the spectrum, but, you know, not want to mask, not want to be NT and have your downtime, but you were both in the flat at the same time, like, how did you, did you ever?
1: No, I would say it, uh, and it was nothing to do with the person I lived with, really, but it just broke me. (laughs) I was so, I was so broken. Um, It wasn't like, it wasn't, awful at the start but when I so when we lived there I at the time was still quite messy which is weird because now I'm the complete opposite so I've become like cleaning has become one of my things I really like to clean I really like to tidy and it's it's definitely something that I do like if I see something that needs putting away it's in my head until I do it now and I'm quite I'm not really the sort of person that goes, oh, I'll do the dishes later or something like that. If I see the dishes, I'll just do them now. Like, I don't often go, oh, I'll do that later or whatever. I'll sit here and relax for half an hour and then I'll do it. No, I tend to just do it. But at the time, I was really messy. And I don't know why I just lived in this weird, organized chaos. So, the idea of moving into this one bedroom flat, I was like, that will be great because everything's nice and near, it will be really easy whatever but the reason it got really difficult as well actually like it became a real struggle was because i had a full-time job so i was working a minimum of 35 hours a week when you and i worked together so i just i just got promoted as well so i was doing more work and i was yeah i was working 35 hours a week and he had a job but it was only for three hours on a tuesday and a friday evening Three hours, Tuesday, Friday, evening. So I would work my full-time job. I would go to uni. And he was on the same course as me at uni, same uni. So I didn't have any time to myself. And I think that it was really difficult. Like I would go to work in the morning, he'd be there. I'd come home from work in the evening, he'd be there. And I didn't really get any of my own time. Like I used to pray for finishing at six on a Tuesday or a Friday. I would hope so much because sometimes we finished at half eight and his shift was seven till ten. And it takes about half an hour for me to get home. It took about two minutes for him to get home. So he'd be home almost directly after half ten and sometimes, sorry, almost directly after ten. And sometimes he'd finish early. Sometimes he'd finish at like nine. And not in a horrible way to him. It wasn't like, oh, I, like, I hate you so much. I don't want to see you. But I just needed time to myself. I would pray that I'd be finishing at six on a Tuesday or a Friday so I could have like two and a half hours to myself. And really, we should have somehow worked this out better. Like, maybe I, like, I didn't really know where I could go and hang out because I didn't really want to hang out. I just wanted to chill out. But I think because he was like, he was more social than I was. Perhaps we could have worked it out better. So he maybe went to his friends or something more. I d- like the problem is he never. It's a diff. It's hard to suggest to someone, why don't you go hang out somewhere else so I can be alone? Like it doesn't. It never sounds good, and I could never say to him like, oh, I really hope that I finish at six tonight because I want some time without you. Because it sounds bad. Like I I knew it because I'd said it before and he'd been like visibly quite upset by it. Which wasn't my intention, but I think eve like do, you don't have to be on the spectrum to need your own time. I think everyone does. Well, yeah. And, you do. I
0: mean I think that's why like a lot of people have like hobbies and uh, you know, go play in football teams or Yeah. You know, when you have a guy that has like a shed with like yeah, little, like weird, like a like, little man cave. Yeah, it's, it's stuff like that. I mean, I guess that's why the term man cave is, <laughs> is for that reason. Yeah,
1: um, but also it was difficult for him because he felt like he never got to see me, like, which isn't true at all. But he never got to see me during the day. Like, I worked five days a week, sometimes six at the time because it was when I'd first been promoted. And I don't know if you remember, but I was doing loads of hours, so I was working quite a lot. And, um, for him, Because he didn't have like a job during the day, he would sit in all day. So he'd be by himself all day. He you know, he was fine by himself, but he also liked socialising. So he'd be by himself all day, like I'm doing a nine hour shift. I'd come home after being away for like after travel included about 10 hours where he'd just been like sat kind of bored or doing something. And he'd be excited to see me and wanting to talk because he'd done nothing all day. Whereas at that point, that was the time that I needed to not talk even if he was going to be there like it wasn't so much the there it's there it's the yeah like having to talk it was like it's stressful for any couple I think to live in just one room uh especially when we were quite messy and yeah like under those circumstances it, I think I think it would have been difficult had it have been NT and NT or AS and AS I think the fact it was NT and AS probably just made it heightened um but I think like this would happen regardless of like the situation of flat or whatever sometimes it just feels really difficult to say to someone like that it's not like a problem with you and it's not like I, I need you to like go away but I need you to like not talk I need to not talk to you for a bit I need us to you know be sat in silence or whatever or just give me some space and I think it I understand why it can be taken as offensive and I think The difficult thing is the longer. So say um, someone on the spectrum if they're getting wound up or they haven't had some time to chill out. The one of the main areas that I feel like I mask can be the not saying what's on my mind, and I think it comes across more bluntly when you're saying it out of frustration. Like I just need you to go away. Where and the I don't know. I don't know. Well. Did that make sense or did I just ramble? I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it made sense. It's um it's like obviously the relationship you were in or yeah, your like he didn't know that you were on the spectrum, you didn't know. Yeah. You were on the spectrum, so it was difficult because like in my case when I spoke to my ex, like the my ex we we knew that I was on the spectrum, so when i needed time on my own she got that i needed time on my own so sometimes she'd go away for the weekend so sometimes like she wasn't from here originally so she'd just go back to like her hometown for the weekend or she'd go stay at a friends for like a bit and sometimes she'd go on holiday for like two weeks yeah where she'd just go abroad um and do stuff like that so yeah she'd do it that way and there was loads of crossover time where she was at work and I wasn't. So there was a lot of big blocks in the week where I'd be at home and uh, she'd be off, where she'd be at work and, you know, vice versa. So I didn't really have that problem. So it, it's kind of different, but I know what you mean. And it's like the guy at your work that was trying to get you to go on holiday. I mean, go on holiday. <laughs> I've been that. that
1: would be a whole new level.
0: Trying to go on a drink for your birthday. Um... Like you said, if he knew you were on the spectrum and you just went, no, I'm not, then that's fine. And it's like when you know you are and you know you're autistic and people that know you know you're autistic, then when you say and do stuff, it's not interpreted in that way of a certain thing. So had your ex have known that you were on the spectrum and you said, can you go see your friends and that kind of thing? I know that for a lot of people, it can be taken personally either way. So there are things that I used to say to my ex that even though my ex knew I was on the spectrum, she still was offended by them. Um, and I never meant a lot of the stuff I said offensively. It's just, I would say it how it was. So like in your case, had you have said to your ex, can you just go to your friends? Like, I just need to be on my own. Like, it looks like if you're NT, you interpret as I, you're the one that's winding me up and I can't deal with you around me at the moment. So just go somewhere else so I can be by myself. But really it's, I've had a stressful day. I need time on my own. This space isn't big enough for both of us you like to be social. You want to go do something and talk to somebody. I'm no good for you. Go talk to your friends because they'll talk to you and you can talk to them about your day there. Yeah. And I can't do it. But like you weren't diagnosed. So obviously if you ever said that, it just looks like you've got a problem with him and you're saying get out because I can't deal with you around me anymore.
1: And like, I suppose that that's where the one bedroom flat becomes an issue. The one room flat becomes an issue as well because it wasn't so much like, you need to go away like that wouldn't be fair I wouldn't you know <laughs> can't make you wander the streets or whatever but there wasn't another room to go to to get away like if if we'd had a flat that had a bedroom and a living room at least like we could be in different rooms <laughs> and like I see it with you I sometimes I'll come around after work um because I finish really late and you'll have been home for a bit from work, you'll have had a couple of hours or however many hours. At yeah, by like yourself. if
0: I if I get done at six, yeah, uh, then it's like before you get back here. Sometimes I've had like four or five hours to myself.
1: Yeah, and I I notice that you're being a little bit like more closed off because you usually are when I get in, just a bit more like, it, and it's not rude. You're just quiet quieter than you usually are, and you're usually like playing a game or watching something. So I I just like my way of getting around it is i just don't really talk to you too much like i'll say the odd thing but i usually just wait until you start talking i mean i come in and say hello in a very enthusiastic way yeah or you
0: jump around i'm I'm
1: always very enthusiastic
0: yeah
1: but after i've said hello in my really annoying enthusiastic way i um i usually go off i try and stay out of the room for a bit as well so i'll i usually do some washing up um because I like doing that anyway so I'll do the washing up maybe tidy a little bit if there's anything to tidy I'll like I don't know I'll just be doing stuff in other rooms and you know if I'm done with that then I'll come in here and be a bit quieter or I'll wait for you to like shout my name as in like where are you and that's usually a good sign that you're more in the mood to talk but yeah I try to wait with you until you're ready because i don't think i think if you try if i start trying to talk to you when i can tell you're not really in the mood i don't think that would sh- i think that would make it worse
0: yeah yeah i suppose um but then that's different it's different for me and you so like uh it's this different situation um but it is just what it is. And some of the things that I used to find, I guess, would be unfair to people that are NT is I used to tell my, like in my previous relationship that I used to say things like, well, you know, I'm on the spectrum and it's it's harder for me to to change stuff. So I, I used to expect or I used to explain to her how everything worked and she'd make like compromises of trying <laughs> not to talk to me when I'm in a certain way. Or, yeah. Uh, trying to do things that I wanted, you know, that I needed to do or arranging things in a way that was it for me. But then sometimes she'd want me to compromise and just do things the way she wanted me to do it. Uh, And I just couldn't because, like, it was locked in. And I guess that's the thing you've got to realise that if you are NT and you're in a relationship or you're living with someone that's on the spectrum is... We can compromise to some extent, but it's it's not as much compromise as I guess people, on the, people that aren't on the spectrum would want. We are capable of compromise, but I know there's things that in my previous relationship, and I imagine when I used to live with my family and the times I've lived at uni and house shares, I imagine there's things that they wanted me to do that I just wouldn't do. And it wouldn't matter how much stuff they'd done for me because... Obviously, you've got that and that exists within NT people. So NT people, when they talk to each other, do you know what I mean? They do that kind of like, can you do this for me? Can you do this? And you do all these things for people and you do all these things they want you to do. Uh, and then you ask a favour and they say, Ugh, and they go, yeah, but do you remember that time I did this for you? And do you remember yeah. that time I sorted that out? And you go, oh, yeah, okay, fine, I'll do it. Whereas some stuff people on the spectrum just can't do. And it won't matter how many like, compromises you make or how many like adjustments you make or how many things you sacrifice for the person that's on the spectrum there's just some stuff that even if you then go remember when i didn't do this and you remember when i did this for you remember when when last time this happened and we agreed to do things your way this time for me you need to do it this way there's just sometimes being on the spectrum you just you just can't you just you're just like no uh And obviously, if you're NT and you're used to, you know, people doing the compromise and the deals and, you know, I I owe you one. I've done you a favor. You do me a favor. Like, you need to realize that sometimes on the spectrum, that's just not going to happen. There's just things that we just won't do. Um, Yeah. Like, there'd be times where in my previous relationship where we did everything in the order of the routine that I have to do everything with. And then sometimes, you know, she'd want to do it a different way. And I just couldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't matter how many times she's like, do you remember when we missed this because of your, you know, needing to do whatever? Um, And that's the difference. There is, it's not one sided, but you will find that, I suppose, when you're living with someone that's on the spectrum, that you have to just make do with, well, not make do, but you have to accept the fact that sometimes it will seem like most things are more in favor of uh, the autistic person if you want to have, like, I guess, a a calmer, more relaxed atmosphere.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah, I think one of the... Because I don't don't necessarily know what mine are as such, but you saying that made me think, like, there's one thing that I think I've always struggled with compromise on in the past. Um, It's not really compromise, but it was something that I remember my ex used to do, and, like, it always used to cause a real issue and like it's to do with my routine i suppose and the way i am but because i had said it a couple of times i'd say why don't you hang out with this person because like you know you guys are you're really good friends why don't you hang out with them and i'd be saying it i wouldn't be saying why don't you go so i can be on my own but i'd just say like why don't you hang out with them and they'd be like oh yeah you're right i haven't haven't seen him for a while uh that's a good idea." but by saying that i was thinking that he would go around there and hang out with them and i remember coming home from work one night and they were both in in the one room yeah. that was the flat and uh that that was awful and it wasn't because i didn't like the person that he was hanging out with i really liked them they were a good friend but i like i have always hated people in my space in general like anyone coming in to my space stresses me out beyond like I think it's probably the worst stress that I have like it puts me in the worst mood of all things I think it's just people in my space it really bothers me and it's the only thing really that I remember being an issue for me when I lived with my parents because I grew up living with them there was never a part of me that had like the we can't live together but I used to like text my mum when I left the flat uh, the house sometimes saying like don't go in my room while I'm out and obviously from, I guess, most children, that would be because they're hiding something. But with me, it was because I don't want you in my space. I don't want anything to be moved. I don't, I don't want you to do things the way that you do them, because I do them a particular way. And also, I just feel uncomfortable about like your feet being on my bedroom carpet, and that's my space. And then when I lived in house shares, um, which I've done, when people would be invited over for like we used to do a poker night, but when it was round sort of my flat, I'd be like, "No, why we can't have people around like here this isn't where they this isn't their domain, and I don't know if that that's just a me thing, but i hate 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 people being in my because my wherever I'm living is like my is my private place, it's my little bunker of like myself, and i it's not so bad if someone's round for you know, if you know, like the exact time. So if we were doing poke night, I'd be like, okay, that's all right. If they're coming from say like seven o'clock in the evening, and then they're definitely going to be out at 10 o'clock in the evening, that's okay. And then I've got like the rest of the evening where I can sort, sort, sort everything back out and they're gone and that's okay. But I think it was when, you know, it would get to 10 in the evening. I'd be like, why is everyone not left by now? This is the time to be leaving. And I'd start getting on edge. It's like I needed to know when people were going to be there for because I don't know. It's just it's that's the thing that I found the most difficult of living with people because, like, if they wanted to have friends round or do something social, I'd be like, why here? <laughs> why can't it be somewhere else?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I you don't I don't invite people round to the flat in general. Yeah. Um, I mean. It used to happen in my old place, but like obviously, like you said, like when you've got an NT partner or you're living with an NT, they're going to have people around because that's, yeah. that's a normal thing to do. So I knew they did, but on the nights that they used to, So my ex used to invite her friends around all the time. Yeah. And what I used to do is I would take my PlayStation or my Xbox and put it in the bedroom, <laughs> and then when I knew they were coming... Emily would be like oh they're coming around for this time so then I'd just be like okay cool Uh, and then I'd just like shut the door in the bedroom and just put my headphones on into the telly and then I would play my computer and she'd just like you sure you don't want to come in and watch movies with us and like have dinner with us and that kind of thing and I'd be like no so there would be dinner for me so they they, you know like She'd cook like a big meal, yeah, Uh, and everyone would get some, and I'd get some, but I'd eat mine in the bedroom, yeah, and I'd be playing the computer game, and obviously you can, I'd plug my headphones into the telly and do that, and I wouldn't interact with any of them, and I'd do that every time they came round, but like Emily didn't used to explain it to them or her girlmates why I was doing that, because obviously they all knew that I was in another room and I was there, yeah, I just wasn't involving myself. It was harder, like, if she brought, like, her other couples around and that kind of thing. They were situations where I had to, like, I don't know. I used to try and get out of them as well. But it was much, much harder to sell. But in those situations, she'd just sell it as a girl's night. So she'd just tell all the girl mates we're having a girl's night. And that's why he's not in here. Because, you know, I just wanted it to be girls. And yeah. And she'd do it that way. But really, she just, after they'd gone, she'd always be like, "Do you, want to, you should hang out with them. You should have come in and talked to them and said hello and that. Um, but I just wouldn't. Yeah. So, um, she used to just do it as a girl's night and she just always said that. Yeah. Nikki's in the other room, but you know, he won't be coming out or anything like that. Like he said that he'd just leave us to it, you know, and that kind of thing. And that's, that's like a similar thing. But yeah, once again, like it's cause we had separate rooms so I could go do that. Uh, but I do it, I do it all the time. When I lived in house shares, it was different because in house shares, I just didn't involve myself with the other housemates. And the trouble is, is when you're at uni or if you've got flatmates and that kind of thing. They do want to do social stuff. They do want to have like poker nights, like you said, or movie nights or um, pizza nights and things like that. You know what I mean? Like in house parties. And I would say that when I got back from university and work and that kind of thing, I'd go straight to my bedroom, shut the door. Um, And obviously in a lot of house shares, there's individual locks on the bedroom. So a lot of the time, lock the door and lock myself in my bedroom and just, you know, do my own thing in there. I've mentioned before in, a, in previous episodes is I didn't like to cook dinner around people. So I yeah. didn't want people to see what I was eating or what I was making or anything like that. Uh, I was very weird about people seeing. I never kept anything in the fridge. So all the food I bought, I would buy it on the day I was going to eat it because I didn't want people to see what food I was going to eat. So it was there was never any food in the fridge and stuff in the cupboards was... You know, like so like random stuff that it wouldn't matter, like some potatoes, a bit of spaghetti, like a tin <laughs> of soup, things like that. Stuff that it's just like, it'd be hard to tell what I was using them for. And it was always really sparse and there was never really anything in there. So it was hard <laughs> to pick what meals I have. And I'd have to shop every day so that people wouldn't know. I'd come home and I'd have to, I'd have to make my food before everybody else got in the kitchen. So I'd have to have my dinner really early <laughs> at like four or five in the evening, well, afternoon. Or I'd have to have it really late after everyone else had been there. And a couple of the guys that I lived with, for some reason, used to eat their dinner at like half 9, 10. Like every night. So some nights I wouldn't be able to go into the kitchen and cook till like 11. And that's when I'd have dinner. But I'd never go in there when other people were. I used to hear other housemates saying like, oh, you're using that hob. I'm just going to use that hob. You're using the oven. No, cool. I'm just going to use the microwave. And I'd hear like two or three people all in the kitchen at the same time. All using it together. And I used to listen. I used to come out of my bedroom hover on the hallway and, like, hear downstairs, see if anyone was in the kitchen. And then I'd go in the kitchen and, like, have a quick look, see if anybody was in there. And if they weren't, I'd go in and try cooking. But, like, if someone was about to come in the kitchen, I'd take everything off the hob and, like, try and hide it in a cupboard or something until uh, they came <laughs> back. And I'd do it that way. And that's, like, how it was. That's That's how, like, living in the house share was. And when they did their big social events or, like, they had everyone around for parties and stuff... I used to tell him that I I was going out, I was going somewhere else. so i pre- oh, okay. that's pre- a good idea. I would pretend like I left. You know, like thinking of was like they do in like TV shows where I'd make it sound like I'd come in down the stairs, close the door and then pretend like I've left and then just go back upstairs again, um, which you know me, like I can move around like a house. without anybody knowing I'm there?
1: <sighs> I know that.
0: So no one would ever hear me like <laughs> go back upstairs and into my bedroom again. Uh and then that was it. I'd just stay in there and everyone would have their thing, have their party, like have their gathering and that kind of thing. And Norm would realise I was still in the building. Uh, That's clever. I'd just go into my room. Um, I'd put like a, you know, there's like long draft excluder sausage dog teddies. I'd put yeah. one of them against my door so no one could see the light was on in my bedroom. My curtains had like blackout blinds. So if you were outside, you couldn't see there was a light on in there. Or if you could, it would look like I just went out with leaving the light on. And then I'd just watch movies on, like, my laptop or I think I had a TV eventually. But, yeah, once again, headphones in. And I was very quiet. Like, if I wanted to go to the toilet, I'd make sure that nobody knew I was, like, unlocking my door and, yes. and moving across the hallway to the toilet to use it and get back. And some people... All... Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Just knocked your phone. Is there any weird sounds there? I of just, like, just bash the phone <laughs> out of my sorry, hand sorry. while I was recording. But, yeah, um, I'd just move around the flat stealthily turn no lights on the hallway go to the toilet in the dark and no one would realize I was still and never once like in I think the two years I lived in house shares now actually longer than that five years uh, because I moved back I moved out I moved in with a girlfriend and then once we broke up I moved back into a house share again so I'd say in five years of house shares every time I did that no one ever realized I was still in the building they thought I'd gone out and didn't know I'd sneak See, back again and done that kind of thing.
1: That's really interesting, but that sounds more like it's the social side of it. Well, I mean Whereas, that's the
0: same with, and I would say NT and AS people living together. It's, it's the social bit that makes it difficult. I would have thought.
1: Well, yeah, but with me, it wasn't necess- It wasn't really the social aspect. I just didn't like people. So, like, I didn't like people like using my. You know, like it'd, it'd make them a drink and I'd be like, what mug have they got? Is that is that my mug? Like, I don't want you to use. And oh, yeah. Like, but
0: I mean, I was the same. I mean, as you know, I've got that blue bowl. Oh, yeah. That's my blue bowl. And I used to eat my breakfast out of it every morning. And, you know, we've got mugs here that are, I never drink out of your mugs. Oh, you don't drink out of mine. No,
1: And even more than that, we have like specific mugs for specific but drinks. Like,
0: if I, I had a blue bowl for breakfast and I would have it, I'd wash it up, I'd put it back. But it, I, I'd always put it back. So after I washed up, because once again, I didn't want people knowing know what I was having, I'd wash it up and put it back where it came from so no one would know. But if I ever came into the kitchen and saw my blue bowl on the side, yeah. like, and somebody else had eaten out of it, or it was on the drying rack because somebody had eaten out of it and washed it, like, the, like, rage yeah. I felt towards who'd been using my blue bowl. And I was trying to, I'd then try and work out... Like, if there was, like, residue of food left in there, I'd try and figure out what food was in there originally and then try and work out which one of my housemates eats that kind of food and around what time did I hear them go into the kitchen and try and work out which one it was. And then, because I didn't trust them ever again, that blue ball would never go back in the cupboard. That blue ball started living in my bedroom (laughs) with me, so it couldn't happen again.
1: Yeah, I'm a bit like that. The thing is, I don't actually mind. It wasn't so much, like... I wouldn't mind lending someone my mug or letting them use it. However, like I have to tell them. They can't just take it because then yeah, I think like you just said, then I can't trust them because I think what they're going to what's what's this maniac going to do next? They obviously will just do anything. So yeah, I think with me like it, someone could come around and that's fine, but like the second they start doing their own thing, I think it's more like I I need to I need to know what's going on in in my space. So yeah, we'd have like we'd have people around for poker night, but like say someone gets up to go to the toilet, but hasn't said that what that's what they're doing. I'm like, where are they going? What room? What room are they going in? Why are they why are they getting up? And I'd it, and it was a weird. But if they said I'm just going to the toilet, I'd be like, OK, it's all right. And it, yeah, it was a weird thing. Like at one point, one of the guys that was around for poker night, I, re- I remember this like really specifically because I don't know why I got so like weird about it. I remember he he was like a really like clean tidy chap and he like tidied up all the mugs and was like I'll put these in the kitchen, um, and I was like okay that's all right, but then I hear the tap going and I'm like what's going on I go in and he started washing up and I was like whoa 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 what are you doing I was like I do the washing up that's <laughs> why are you doing the washing up because I'm thinking like what if he doesn't wash up properly or in the way that I wash up like there's a way to there's a way to do that and what if my mug's not clean and I I do have a habit of like cleaning stuff if it's i don't know i would always be a little bit uh i don't know i don't know why that was a thing for me but yeah i'd be like what's he doing why is he doing that that's not we haven't agreed to this
0: i've seen you rewash up stuff that uh hasn't been washed to the way you wash it (laughs) not to say that it's not washed properly it's just you wash things in a certain way (laughs) and if you know the stuff on the rack that's been washed differently then um yeah you will rewash. it. I
1: know, and I don't it's know That's why if I... I ever
0: wash up, I just make sure that you never see me do it. Yeah, I know. You, you just come back to stuff on the drying rack and you're like, oh, okay. But yeah. you never watch me do it.
1: No, and I can't. If I know, if I can see you're in the kitchen washing up, I just won't come into the kitchen.
0: <laughs> like I say, it's, it's just how it is. There's just certain ways of stuff being done. That's what I'm saying. So like if you live with someone on the spectrum and you're NT, there's just certain things around the house, flat, whatever... They have to be done in a way that's to them. And if it doesn't, then it can cause like distress and like an uncomfortable feeling. And it's difficult to explain because obviously if you are NT, you live there too. Do you know what I mean? Like it's your yeah, yeah. It's your house, it's your flat, you know, your it's your space as well. So to have it dictated that things, <laughs> certain things have to be done a certain way and that's just how it is, otherwise there's trouble... I, like I say, it It can be difficult. And if you do live with someone on the spectrum, you have to understand that, yeah, you're going to have to just... There are just certain things that need to be do, done a certain way and need to be kept that way. And there's there's no messing with it. Like, it's different, though, I suppose, like, to a house share. Because in a house share... I felt like that's that was harder. That was much harder to deal with than, like, somewhere you're in a relationship yeah, with. The okay. relationship thing wasn't so bad. So, say, like my ex used my blue bowl. Yeah, that's. I wasn't like what are you doing? Yeah. Um it, it was it was a lot easier to do. I'd just be like, "Okay, uh can you just make sure it's like washed up cuz I need to use it." Yeah. So that was different. Like though I wasn't there wasn't that many extremes. It was more the social interactions. One of the issues I had with before I was diagnosed was that I used to mask with people I got into relationships with. So like obviously in my previous relationship, I told them I was on the spectrum. And so that meant I I still masked, but it wasn't as like as severe as it normally is. Yeah. Whereas the relationship when I didn't know, I had to mask constantly. And that's hideous when you decide to live with them. When you're in a relationship with them, it's fine because there's that period where you don't see them anymore. Yeah. You know, when they've gone home and you've gone home. Um, but when I lived with, uh, I suppose like a couple of exes ago... While I was still at uni, I didn't know I was uh, I was on the spectrum, so I'd spend all day masking at uni and then masking at work, and then I'd come home and mask with her because I used to pretend I was empty around her as well, and the things I did and said, well, a lot of it wasn't really me, but I used to just do it anyway because... I wanted her to think that I was normal. Yeah. Uh, and that became hideous. Like, well,
1: is this the one that actually is the reason you got diagnosed? Because yeah, she told yeah. you there was something wrong with you. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And But the trouble is, is obviously, like, there was no downtime. Yeah. Whatsoever. At least, like, with my last relationship, there would be times where she wanted to interact. But there were times where she got that I didn't want to, so we didn't. So I did have downtime. And like I say, there was crossovers when she was at work and I wasn't and that kind of thing. So I had it then as well. But when the relationship, when you're not diagnosed or you haven't told the person you're with that you're autistic, you do mask with them anyway. Just for some reason, it's just what you naturally do. I do it with everyone that doesn't know. Um, But I also do it with everybody that does know. Um, But just, I don't see them enough to warrant, you know, them getting to learn my real behaviour. So I just do the masking for... It makes situations easier, I suppose. I mask because... um, if I was fully autistic around them I think they'd find it hard to deal with and they'd have to learn how it works and how to talk to me and what situations to deal with and I can't be bothered for people to learn that so I figure like it's only a short burst of time so I can mask for that whole time and that'll just make everything more fluid and more comfortable but when you're not diagnosed you're trying to do that 24-7 everywhere you are you're trying to do it Uh, especially with the person you live with you're trying to pretend you're NT when you're with them Um, And so the only time you can be yourself is when they're not in the same space as you. Yeah. Or when you're asleep. Yeah. Or when they're asleep. So there'd be times where I realised in those situations where I'd stay up till like four in the morning. So they'd go to bed at like 11 midnight and I would stay up till four in the morning on a computer or watching a movie or doing like that. And I found that was the problem is that without downtime, I couldn't sleep. Um, and it was keeping me awake. So I used to spend all my time staying up till four in the morning um, while they were sleeping because they'd done everything they needed to do for that day, but I hadn't. So I needed to then spend three, four hours awake with them asleep just to do my relaxing time where I didn't have to mask anymore.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that I think I found difficult as well is because you're with them more, because you're like living with them, but also you're in the comfort of your own home. So you are letting down the mask a bit because you're trying to relax. Is I'd start saying stuff that is, I guess, things that I say that are probably more. They come out in a way that's like my autism, as opposed to how I would word it if I'm outside the flat and I'm I am masking. So I, you know, I'd say something really blunt, and then the person or the person I used to live with would be like, "That was that was rude, like what you've just said to me." But I'd be like, "What you that's." We're having a conversation, and is that not the like? For example, I so I got back uh, here earlier after I'd been at my flat doing some stuff. I got here, and you went. You smell. Yeah. (laughs) And like, because I smell of bo. Like, yeah, because
0: you'd been heaving heavy furniture around when I told you not to. Yeah, I'd
1: been heaving furniture around. I'd been like working out, but the it and like I didn't care uh, by what I wasn't bothered by what you said at all. But I imagine like that. For some people, it would come across as rude because you did, you you just came up to me, sniffed me and then went, you st- you smell <laughs> <laughs> a <VO. laughs> But like, I, I didn't think anything of it of like, that was rude or whatever. I just was like, thanks for letting me know. I'm going to get in the shower then, which is fine. But I think... It's things like that, it's comments like that. It's not meant to be rude, it's meant to be a statement. But yeah, like, sometimes...
0: I never thought about what you're saying there, yeah. Yeah. You mean, like, if you live with someone that's NT, you start to relax and drop the masking, and then you start saying autistic stuff and behaving, behaving autistic, and I guess, yeah, if you've never seen that side to the person you're with that much when you live with them, you're going to see it.
1: Yeah, like, just what's on your mind, it would just be, like, little things, but, like, sometimes... Yeah, like things like sometimes he'd talk and I'd go, "Oh my god, your breath stinks." Can you like, do do you mind? I don't know, like brushing your teeth, and he'd be like, "Could you not have worded that nicer?" And I was like, "You've just breathed in my face." But it wasn't like a, it, I didn't mean it as you're disgusting. I just meant it as like I'm letting you know your breath right now is is tangy. Or yeah, it would just be things like that. Like I'd say things that would just yeah. I'd started to relax. I was just talking as as i always do but it's not how you politely word it and like it was never like a rude aggressive like you're disgusting you smell so disgusting it would just be like you smell or y- you look rough right now you're looking you're looking a bit tired have you not slept what's wrong or yeah like other things like you've gained weight why have you gained weight what's going on yeah and yeah it would just be little things like that that i think uh i think just it's just because you're in the comfort of your home and you definitely don't mean to be offensive, but I can understand from an ND perspective that it might come across as offensive. Especially if um, if they, like, say I'd just got in from work and he'd been home all day and he was, like, looking forward to seeing me and then the first thing I say is something quite blunt. Yeah. And again, not meant in a blunt way at all. Just I'm just making a statement, but I forget because I'm in the comfort of my own home. I forget that you know, there's a way to behave with people. Yeah,
0: I suppose. I mean, it all comes down to um, awareness again. Like, obviously, the purpose of this podcast is to raise awareness. And a lot of people that listen to this podcast aren't on the spectrum, but they're listening to it as a way to understand somebody they know that is. Um, Or if you are on the spectrum, a lot of people listen to this to learn more about themselves, Or sometimes we mention stuff that people go, actually, yeah, I do that. And this is what it is. Like, if you want to live with someone that's on the spectrum, you need to understand how it works for them and how it is for them. So then you understand the way they're behaving when they're doing stuff. Because that's the benefit, I guess, of me and you is that I don't ever have to explain myself. Um, And obviously in previous... Relationships. I haven't. I didn't usually explain myself all the time. So it's not like I do something and go. Oh, by the way, the reason I did that was this. What I do is, I would be myself for large, like periods of time, like days, weeks, that kind of thing. And then it would erupt in a argument between me and the person I was living with, where we then I'd have to then fine tooth comb it through everything. Go, yeah, I did this because of this, or I did this because of this, and this happened because of that, Um, and. That's how we did it. Um, And we used to forget. I I didn't want to have to live my life explaining every little thing I did. Like you said, when you say something blunt or yeah you're not talking much I didn't want to have to go oh by the way the reason I'm not talking much is because I've spent a day not talking to anyone or the reason I'm saying really blunt things to you is because I'm comfortable around you and, <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I don't mask around you because I don't need to because I, I feel at ease around you so I mean if anything if somebody on the spectrum is blunt to you and that kind of thing in my case it's because I'm comfortable around them and don't feel the need to behave in a way that's nt but yeah I don't want to have to then go like oh you stink I only said that because uh, you know I'm comfortable around you. I just say it and expect the other person to understand that's why it's happened. But it sometimes you you don't realize that they've got it, and there'd be loads of times where I'd have conversations with the person I was living with, and I'd just be like, "Oh, this again? Have I got to explain this to you again for like the tenth time? Have we not getting it?" Um, And she'd just say like, "Sorry, like just every now and then I need a reminder because it's hard to remember all this stuff, and it's hard to follow what you're doing, and it's." It's difficult to decide you said this because of this reason or are you actually annoyed? Yeah. So like there's that. It's 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 difficult. Whereas I think for like me and you, it's different because we're both on the spectrum. So there hasn't been a point where me and you have had an argument or something's happened where we've had to go, right? So yeah, the reason this happened and that, we just sort of get it. Like you said, if I'm not talking much, you know why I'm not talking much. Yeah. And sometimes you say things to me that... If you'd have said them to anyone else, it would be considered really harsh. But I get that you're doing it from some other reason. Yeah. And I guess that's the only benefit. Well, not the only benefit, but that's one of the <laughs> benefits of Asperger's and Asperger's is there's an understanding there. You I know, mean, not, the, not all the time. No. Um, the whole thing of, like, Asperger's and Asperger's, does that work better uh, together? Like, I guess there's pros and cons.
1: There's definitely pros and cons. Like, one thing I would say is... Um, your ex that you've mentioned a couple of times, the most recent ex, um, was NT, uh, but was really outgoing. Like, you're almost personality-wise. You're not complete opposites because there are aspects of your personality that I think are kind of similar. But yeah, in terms of how outgoing you are, yeah. you're, like, completely opposite ends of the spectrum. But I'd say, like, there were also benefits to that because nt people or in for example for her as an nt person she could do things that you as an autistic person couldn't do and i know she would often like get things done for you that you couldn't do for yourself and i'm sure there were things you could do for her that uh someone who's nt couldn't do like you said that uh I w- actually i won't go into that but there were certain things that you could do that
0: yeah you mean the things she mentioned where she said if uh anybody else would have
1: yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. But because
0: I was because I'm on the spectrum I was able to withstand certain things more so. Yeah, and than al- others.
1: and also probably give like a more um like logical advice about it instead of getting all like oh, I'd, yeah. I don't know like you could give you could give solid advice and I think like I guess
0: yeah, I was more honest and uh she liked the uh she used to say like brutal honesty about some of my answers but she said sometimes she needed that. She liked that I would just say it as it is and wouldn't try and sugarcoat certain things.
1: Yeah. And I think like there's a benefit to NTA. Like I, I, I think it's, you know, there are, there are, uh, good things and bad things about NTNT, NTAS, ASAS. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say like a, there's a one size fits all. It's just, 'cause i've I've read a lot of things saying that autistic people should only get in relationships with or live with or be friends with other autistic people, and I don't think that's necessarily true I think well I don't think that's true at all. I think different people are gonna work in different ways, like you might think that uh an autistic person and a neurotypical person can't have a good relationship but I guarantee that for that autistic person, there's also another autistic person that if they got into a relationship, it would be hideous because they're complete opposites. Um Whereas they could have an amazing relationship with an NT person. I just think that it, it also depends on the person because, you know, it's just a people thing, isn't it? It's just a people thing.
0: Yeah, but I, I don't think that... I think there're just there's ways if you live with someone on the spectrum there are just some tricks and some things to learn. Yeah. I mean the ideal one is to just know know your burger.
1: Know your burger. Hey, like, absolutely.
0: If you know like how their autism works and how everything works for them, you get some of the stuff they do and you can see them doing it and you understand what they're doing. And like asking questions like um like our Facebook page sending messages to us. Uh, I know Scarlett's been helping some people lately with some just general questions about things. And, you know, I do the same. And I'm not saying, like, just us, but there are other things out there you can use. And once you fully understand how the autism of the person you're with or related to or know that you want to get to, you know, interact with and have an easier time of things, just get how their burgers works. And once you know how it works, then it's much easier to go about your day and do things. You've just got to realise that there's just some stuff and... You know that you have to do like, like you said, like if you've just got to spend some time apart, you got to spend some time apart. But it doesn't mean that you they want to spend time apart because they've had enough of you. It's just they need downtime. Yeah. I haven't come across anybody on the spectrum that didn't need like downtime. It looks like we all do. Yeah, um, definitely. For just, just having time where we don't have to interact with anybody, or anything.
1: And sometimes, like, it's you can you can work it out as well. Like if you notice that they're being a bit down. I think one of the difference or like a difference for certain people on the spectrum as opposed to certain NT people is like if I see that you're a bit, I'd, I guess the word would be grumpy for lack of a better word. But if I see you're in like a bit of a grumpy mood, <laughs> I mean, I th- when are I? <laughs> <laughs> OK, if I see that you're in a, a more grumpy mood than usual, <laughs> instead of saying, are you OK, what's wrong? I generally have worked out that if I ask you what's wrong when you're in a bad mood, that tends to irritate you. You go, I'm fine. (laughs) So I've found that the better way to deal with it with you is to just not, like, not mention it. Again, like, just not talk to you that much. Just leave you be until you've sort of come out with it. Because usually with you, it's more of, like, you're in sort of a shutdown, I think. So you just don't really want to talk, and that's fine. And also, like just do other things like if you're playing a game or something I like reading so I'll just sit here and read or like I'll look at something on my phone or I'll go on the laptop but like I'll just do something else so I'm not in your space like and uh not annoying you but yeah like potentially annoying you I think that's the a good way to go about it like work out what their mood is and know what don't try and force them into a good mood because that probably won't work
0: do you know what I've realised? I've realised that like when I was in uh, with my ex and living with them, there's loads of compromises she had to make and things she had to learn on how to deal with me. But I've also realised that you know a lot of uh, compromises and things that you know not to do around me. But I was then trying to think of things that I have to do with you and you're like really easy. There's no compromises or things I have to avoid or anything like that. So I'm starting to think, am I just a nightmare?
1: No, I don't think you're a nightmare. i I am, But
0: That's I, I quite... can't think of any that I think like, oh, don't do that rounder or you shouldn't do this or keep an eye like that. So even though I've said that and I imagine there's loads of people out there that know people on the spectrum that know that there's the things you're not supposed to do and things you can't do and the way you've got to go about it. But I was trying to think of ones for you as an example of, and I can't think of any, but I'm pretty sure everyone I've ever lived with have said that there's just some times where they shouldn't talk to me.
1: Yeah, well with you that's definitely a thing. And I think like the difference with me is like I have my craziness in that so, like I can overreact to things and uh like I get I get worried like when I say overreact like uh, like when I tried to park my car in the middle of nowhere because the a road was blocked off. Like I do crazy things like that. Oh yeah, but,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's something.
1: But <laughs> and I've I've got like I've definitely got loads of bad things. But one thing about me is like I'm generally, I don't really get like bad moods. I don't think I'm really like a
0: no the bad thing, mood. The thing I'd say that we've got to do with you is I know when there's something up or when there's something bothering you because it changes everything about you. Like the way you walk, <laughs> like the way you sit in a chair, the faces you pull. When there's something bothering you, it literally alters everything because you're thinking about it so much that it changes like all your movements and stuff. And that's the only, I guess that's the only thing. But in that situation, like you've said with me, you'd leave me alone. In those situations, that's when I don't leave you alone. When I start seeing you just stuff like that, the trick is to not leave you alone and you have to stop everything. I have to pause whatever I'm doing, (laughs) put down whatever's going on, you know, and then I have to spend ages interrogating you until I get it out of you. Because once it's out of you and once you've said it and once you've talked about it and once you're understanding and feeling better about it, you go back to normal again. Yeah. But if I were to just leave you, you overthink it, ruminate, and before you know it, it's a huge thing, and then you have a massive meltdown. So I've had to. That's <laughs> that's one of the things I have to do is if you come in and start behaving in a way that's a bit odd, I just think right. I need to put all my focus now into figuring out what's going on, leeching it out of you, and then once it's out and we've dealt with it, you go back to normal. But I've learned in those situations the complete opposite is true: is to not yeah. leave you to it because if I leave you to it it's going to become something that's really hard to deal with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And usually like, it's just something stupid. Like it will be something like, <laughs> I know there's, I, I've, I'm using a car, car again, but like, it will be something like, I know that there's going to be roadworks on the road that I go down tomorrow. And I don't know an alternative route. Like it will be something so silly, but yeah, that's the sort of things I worry about. But I I don't, I don't really get in like bad moods. I don't think it's like, Oh, Scarlet's in a bad mood again. I don't, I don't know. But, like I say, I've got loads of other crazy things, so.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say you're a nightmare. Like, once you're used to you.
0: You've got to say that, you are sat right next to me I
1: am sat right next to you, but (laughs) I, yeah, I think you're fine. I think you're, you make me laugh. (laughs)
0: Uh, Well, that's it for this week. Uh, thanks, everyone, again, for listening to our podcast.
1: Thanks, everyone, again, for listening to our podcast.
0: Uh, yeah, and all the messages. We've had loads of messages this week.
1: Oh, thank you. I love it. I love the messages. Loads of
0: messages, messages, gestures, yeah. posts. Uh, obviously, we've got our Instagram back up again, which at the moment is just random pictures of me oh, God. and Scarlett. So yeah,
1: Nikki picks, like, the worst pictures of me ever. So there's, there's
0: no relevance, though, so I'm not picking pictures and because I think some... I, I've had people like message me because they think that the picture is in somehow linked to the episode. Oh, no. And so they're trying to figure out what in the picture is like um, relevant to the... They're not.
1: So it's really difficult as well because we like we never take pictures. We're not picture taking people. So any of the pictures you see of us... Will have been taken by your ex girlfriend. Yeah, she and,
0: she likes it. She says that she told me that she likes that she's the official photographer of our Instagram. Yeah, so. she is
1: because like no one else ever takes pictures of us. So if there's any pictures of the two of us, it's taken by your ex girlfriend. Um, so, and they're always so bad of me.
0: No, no, you said you look like an egg in the latest oh, one. Oh, I
1: do look like the, an egg in the latest one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, we've got an Instagram page. Uh, if you want to follow it, it's them Asperger's. <laughs> and I've started using our Twitter again. At the moment, it just posts at random. When I post an episode, it just says, check out my episode and a picture of it. Uh, but I've actually started. Uh, you know, hashtagging. So, hi, uh, oh,
1: you're so so down.
0: Uh, Twitter's not hash, one hashtagging is not that new. Nobody like when I say <laughs> hashtagging now, I sound like just some like that. I'm just I'm doing that that what the kids do, the hashtag. And also, it's on Twitter. Do you know what I mean? Like. I I don't hear anybody like I work with like some kids but well, I say kids, I mean yeah, I guess. Yeah, they're like sixteen. Sixteen and uh they don't ever go on about tweeting or using Twitter. But, yeah, that's true. Actually. But either way, it's on Twitter, like that's <laughs> we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um yeah, it's just their mass purchase. On Facebook is the only place we've got a private group, so if you wanna join it, uh get involved and you can ask questions, post stuff. People are all helping each other and talking to things. It's a really helpful group. Uh, everybody on there is great that's doing advice. There's a few of them there that uh, they proper know their stuff. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it for this week. Like I say, thank you again for listening. Anything else you want to add?
1: No, thank you so much for every person that's like wrote to us, joined our page, liked us, listened to this. Just, yeah, I really like it. I like the little community. It's been, it's been nice. It's felt nice this week. Yeah, I felt like I've made friends. I don't even like friends, but like I, I like I like burgers. So I, I like all the messages we've had. It's actually been really nice. It's been like the most sociable week for me ever, but I've <laughs> enjoyed it. <laughs> yes. You hey, go on, then. Bye.